Well, what a gift it is to gather together in this Christmas season and now have the opportunity to turn our attention to God's Word. So I want to encourage you, if you would, to grab your Bible and join me in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. It's where we've been spending time this Christmas season. It's where we see the beautiful Christmas story laid out for us so clearly in the Word of God. And today we will be in verses 15 through 18 of Luke chapter 2. If, if you need a Bible, please know there are Bibles all around the room, and we want to encourage you to go ahead and grab one of those so that you can join with us as we turn our attention to the Word of God. Before I read the Scripture, before we get started in, in this message specifically today, I just want to follow up on the commissioning that just happened and say, Kara, to you how grateful we are for your example, your living testimony, your faithfulness, and your encouragement and your challenge to all of us. Thank you for answering the call. Our prayers are with you, and we are so grateful for the example that you are setting. God is using you greatly. Would y'all join me again just in thanking Kara for her witness to us. What a privilege it is to see God at work in your life. Awesome, awesome stuff. I want to encourage you now as we turn to Luke's gospel, if you would, to stand with me. We do this each week at Shades for the reading of God's word. We stand to be reminded that the word of God is the foundation on which the people of God stand. This is the, the firm foundation, the solid rock beneath our feet, the holy and errant word of God. And as we turn our attention here, we see this each and every time we turn our attention to the Word of God. God lays before us what He says is right and good and true, which means every time we turn to the Scripture, there is something we need to hear. And so it is my prayer that the Lord would use this in our lives today. Luke 2 verse 15 says this, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. This beautiful scene in the story of Christmas as the shepherds respond to the magnificent birth announcement given to them from the heavenlies and they go and they visit the Christ child. I want to ask you to pray with me that God would use this text specifically in our lives today to show us what he knows that we need to hear and what we need to see. Let's pray together and then we'll be seated. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what you have already done in our midst on this day as we have been lifting our voices to you, being reminded of what this Christmas season is all about through singing, through worship together. Father, thank you for the example that we have seen of a, of a commissioning, of a, of a living scent, of answering the call. Lord, and thank you that as we turn our attention to your word, we are turning our attention to something that is living and it is active. And so I pray, Lord God, 
in this text of Christmas that for many is so familiar, that your Holy Spirit would move among us and open our eyes to see what you desire for us to see. As we step into this week leading to Christmas, I pray, Lord God, that our, our, our eyes, attention, our, our minds, focus, and our hearts, devotion would be on you. We thank you for the glory of Christmas and for this time in your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing with me. You're going to notice in your, in your rows today, there's a stack of these invite cards somewhere uh, on one side of the, of the pew. You're going to see those all around the room. I want to encourage you to maybe go ahead and grab one of those, make sure everybody has one of those. This is about our Christmas Eve service that is coming up next Sunday, 1, 3, and 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment, but I do want you to know just as a, as a preview of where we're going on Christmas Eve, so you can be thinking about this as you're praying about who you're going to invite to be here with you. We, we've jumped over a couple of verses. If you were here last week, we left off with the shepherds hearing the, the proclamation of the birth announcement. And, and then we jumped over a few verses uh, as the angels proclaim uh, this good news to the shepherds. That's what we're going to hit on Christmas Eve. Specifically, we're going to hit verse 14 of Luke chapter 2 that talks about those with whom... God is pleased. Those with whom God is pleased. This is the preview of Christmas Eve. How do you know if God is pleased with you? That's the question we're going to be asking. Come back and join us. Bring somebody with you. How can I know if God is pleased with my life? Don't you want God to be pleased with you? I sure do. And we're going to be talking about what that means, the implications of the story of Christmas and how we can know for sure that God is pleased with us. But today we jump over those verses and we go to this response of the shepherds in light of what the angels have proclaimed to them about this good news of great joy that has been made available to all people. The scripture says they go in haste. They visit the manger. They see where the child has been laid. They, they see Mary and Joseph. And, and as we talked about last week, this is, this is highly unusual. This is a group of men that really should not have a place in this story at all because this is a group of men that were living on the outskirts of society. They were many times looked down upon because of their profession. They, they were men that did not have a great reputation at all. In fact, shepherds at the time were seen as unclean unfit, unworthy, unable to even participate in the ceremonial laws of the land of Israel and the nation of the people of God. And yet the word of God shows us, as we talked at length about last week, that, that it's this very group of people that is seen as unfit or unclean or unworthy that God chooses to send his birth announcement to. 
to announce to the world through these shepherds that good news of great joy has been available to all people. And as unusual as this is, showing up in the story of Christmas, what we see all throughout the word of God is time after time after time, God seems to choose those who are the least likely to be used by God to be used by God. Time after time in the word of God, God chooses those that have often been marginalized or seemingly forgotten about or called unworthy or called unfit to call into his story and to be used in very significant ways. Why does he do that? To show that there is good news of great joy for all people. You can imagine how overwhelmed these shepherds must have been. Needless to say, this this incredible gift that they have been given, being thrust into this announcement of good news, being thrust into what becomes this beautiful story that we call Christmas. They, they respond to what they have seen and what they have heard. Let me read that to you again. Luke 2 verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. I, I want to make a couple of observations. In fact, three observations I want to turn your attention to from this great Christmas text. It shows us the way these shepherds respond to the announcement that they have heard. The first one is right here in these verses, verses 15 and 16. And it's, it's simply this, Christmas provides an invitation to those who are willing to be actively involved in the story of God. Christmas provides an invitation to those who are willing to be actively involved in the story of God. You notice here, this is not just a birth announcement that the shepherds hear about and then go on with their lives. This is not just an amazing experience where the sky is lit up with an angelic host and the shepherds go, wow, what a great show that was. Let's just go back to our normal night. No, the shepherds see and hear this unbelievable good news and they are moved to respond. They are moved to take action. They leave what was normal and they go and see something miraculous. They leave what was normal and they go see something unusual. And as a result, their lives are completely changed. They walk out of the normal fields where they had been spending their life, minding their own business, hanging out with a bunch of dirty, stinking sheep. And they make their way with haste to Bethlehem to see the miraculous, 
unfolding right in front of their face. This changes everything. They, they move from what they've heard to taking action and doing something about what they've heard. And they get involved in the story that God is revealing. Now, why do I say that? Well, I would venture to guess as we, as we gather here in this Christmas season that, that some of you, you may be uh, just visiting in town or, or, or maybe you're uh, at a church service for the first time in a while or, or maybe because specifically it's the week of Christmas, a friend or family member has said to you, hey, come with me to church and this may not be your, 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 your normal thing. And so you've kind of stepped out of what is normal for you to be here on a Sunday morning or to join us online for for this service. And, and if you're honest today, you're going, you know, I, I, I see all these celebrations of Christmas. We do this every year, but, and it's kind of nostalgic and, and it feels kind of nice, but, but really it doesn't change my life. Really, it doesn't impact my life in, in a very significant way. And, and you may be even saying, if you were honest to, 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 to say this, that, you know, as I think about Christmas and, and I hear about all this joy and I see people all excited and I hear the message of, of good news, of great joy and peace on earth, I, I think I, I just, I don't know if that's, real for me. I don't know if that's my story. Maybe you would be here today saying, you know, something's missing or, or something feels broken and you're not sure what to do about that. You're, you're not sure how to fix that. And here we see this group of men who again were living on the fringes of society and all of a sudden this amazing gift lands in their lap and they are moved to action because good news of great joy that they've heard about becomes good news of great joy that they receive. And it changes everything for them. Maybe that's you today. Maybe it's time for you to have a new story and to actively step into the story of God. But maybe you're here today and you would say, you know, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. I know many of you would say that. And, and many of you I know have, 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 have said, I'm a Christian and you've been a Christian for a long time. And you love the Christmas season, but, but, but if you're honest, the, the Christmas season kind of can become a little routine and it can become a little bit overwhelming with, with busyness and all the activity that is taking place at, at Christmas. And maybe you're here today and you're just simply distracted. It's the week of Christmas. There's things to do. Would the pastor hurry up so we can get back to the things we need to do? And you've just taken your eyes off of the significance of what this celebration is all about. And the mundane and the monotony of a busy season has seemed to push out some of the joy in what is most important. Maybe today you need a refocus. Perhaps for many of us even, 
The most appropriate prayer that we could pray in this Christmas season is a prayer that is prayed by the psalmist King David in Psalm chapter 51. I, I want to just read this to you. Maybe, maybe this is what we need and maybe the shepherds actually are providing an example of this for us. So that in this busy Christmas season or in this Christmas season that, that maybe is nostalgic but, but really doesn't impact our life, wherever you may be in that, maybe this is what you need to pray. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Do you know the joy of salvation? Create in me a, a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. Maybe that's the prayer that, that we need to be praying this week at Christmas. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be so distracted that the joy of this season is absent from my reality. I, I don't want to be so consumed with busyness that I'm actually perpetually frustrated and don't take in the joy that is good news for all people. Renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your Salvation, this is the miraculous grace of God. This is what the shepherds experience. That God has come to dwell among men. And as they step out of their normal story and step into this miraculous story unfolding in a barn, in a stable in Bethlehem, everything changes for them because they actively step into the story of God. They hear, they see, and they respond, and it changes everything. Look at what happens next, Luke 2, verse 17. It says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. This is such a powerful verse in the story of Christmas because here we are reminded that the joy of Christmas is not silent. The joy of Christmas is not silent. This good news of great joy is too good to keep to ourselves. I really believe that every follower of Christ should, should underline and highlight Luke 2, 17 in your Bible. You may want to do that right now. This is a, a verse that I believe in the Christmas story should be committed to our memory. The shepherds see what is unfolding before them and they cannot help but talk about it. They made known the saying that had been told to them. The joy of Christmas is not silent. And here we are provided with the first example that we see 
in the New Testament of what will be proclaimed to every follower of Jesus, every disciple of Christ will will get this call and this instruction from Jesus himself right before he will ascend into heaven. What is that instruction? What is being displayed through the shepherds? Well, we can read about it in Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one, verse eight says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come up on you and you will be my witnesses, where? In Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We have celebrated here this morning that one of our own is being commissioned out to the end of the earth, to a foreign land. And at the same time, we are reminded in Acts 1.8 that every follower of Christ has been commissioned to go out as a witness wherever God takes us. You will be my witnesses, Jesus says. At home in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, the area around where you are living and to the ends of the earth, the shepherds are the first example of this. They see, they hear, they believe, they respond, and they proclaim the good news of what they have seen and heard. They are a witness of the joy of Christmas and the good news made available to all people. Think about what does a witness do? Just very, very practically, what does a witness do? A witness tells about what they have seen and what they have experienced. They take a stand in a courtroom and they, they share what they have experienced. They tell a story of what they witnessed, what they have seen. And imagine how useless it would be in a courtroom if a witness were to take the stand and, and were to be sworn in and, and say, I'm going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And, and then the attorney begins to ask them questions and they just say, well, actually, I, I prefer to keep all that to myself. It's personal. Yeah, I, just, I prefer to be a silent witness. I, I don't want, I don't want to offend anyone with what I've seen. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be loud about what I've experienced. I'm just, I'm just going to be silent. I'll be a, a silent witness. What, how pointless, right? The attorney would say, why are we wasting our time? The judge would say, you're actually no good in this this case, so why are you even here? No, a witness speaks up and tells of what they have seen and what they have experienced proclaiming their story. Let me draw your attention back to these cards. We've tried to talk about this often here at Shades this Christmas season, and I, I believe this wholeheartedly. The Christmas season is such a beautiful opportunity for invitation. Right? I mean, we, we hear the songs of Christmas being sung all around us, even in places that, that have no idea that Christmas is about Jesus. 
The the classic Christmas movies that I'm sure many of you have been watching, even if they are completely uh, secular, even if they are completely godless, even if they're just funny Hollywood stories, they still have the songs of Christmas about Jesus running all throughout them. People in the Christmas season are hearing about Jesus. Are we talking to them about what they hear? Are we talking to them about what we have experienced and why this is such good news of such great joy? I I just wanna ask you to take this card and and begin to think right now about one person or, or a group of people that you can pray for specifically this week that God would give you the opportunity to invite them to come and see and hear for themselves about this good news. The joy of Christmas is not silent. And then finally, we see in verse 18, Luke 2, this this final point I draw your attention to, that the joy of Christmas awakens wonder in others. When the joy of Christmas is in us and seen in us, it awakens the wonder in others. Luke 2 verse 18 says it this way, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. And I, I, I love this statement because it actually is, is a beautiful statement of discipleship helping us understand what takes place when we do share the good news of great joy and we do share in a personal way what we have seen and experienced in the good news of what Christ has done. All who heard it, the scripture says, wondered at what the shepherds had said. When a witness takes the stand, please don't miss this. When a witness takes the stand, a witness does not take the stand to try and tell the jury what to believe. A witness takes the stand to share what they have seen and experienced in a personal way. The job of a witness is not to tell the jury what to believe. The job of a witness is to tell their personal story of what they have experienced. And this is a very practical insight as it relates to evangelism and sharing our faith. You and I are not called to tell people what they should believe. You and I are called to tell people what we have seen and experienced. No one can argue with your personal story of God's grace and mercy in your life. People can argue your belief all day long. No one can argue your story of what Jesus Christ has done for you. We are called to tell others of what we have seen and what we have heard and what we have experienced so that God can then stir in their heart to awaken the wonder of to what they have seen and heard. This is part of the amazing, mysterious miracle 
of what God does to invite his people into his story and to use his people to tell this story. In Romans chapter 10, the apostle Paul says it this way, and this is, this is so beautiful and I believe so helpful. Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 13, says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is very good news. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What do you have to do to be right with God? Call on the name of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Surrender your life to Christ. Confess that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. The gospel still works. This is good news. But then Paul goes on to say this, well, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I love this text because it reminds us that God is the one who saves. The people of God are called to go and tell. The people of God are called to walk with beautiful feet. The people of God are called to live sent, to share what they have seen and heard and experienced. It is God who saves. We are not called to save. God saves. We are called to share. This takes the pressure off. This is really good news. We are called to share. We have no idea what God may be doing in that individual's life. We have no idea what God may be stirring in their heart. We are called to share. God is the one who saves. And it's amazing to consider that he invites us into this that we get to be a part of the process of what God is doing to save. We get to be a part of the process of what God is doing to lead people to this good news. We get to be a part of what God does to awaken wonder in someone else's life as we share the joy of the good news. This good news is, is too good to keep silent. This good news is intended to awaken wonder in others as the good news is shared and demonstrated in our own lives. My good friend, Robbie Gallaty, who pastors a church in Nashville, Tennessee, wrote this in one of his books, the gospel came to you because it was heading to someone else. God never intended for your salvation to be an end, but a beginning. God saved you to be a conduit through whom his glorious life-changing gospel would flow to others. The joy of what you have seen, experienced, believed, and received, if you are a follower of Christ, it is intended by God to stir affection and awaken wonder in others. Are we sharing this good news? Let me close with this. 
A couple of years ago, Lifeway Christian Resources released a research project in seeking to help churches understand their community and their context around them and, and the, the impact that can be had when individuals from churches share this good news and, and invite others into the story of God, invite others to be a part uh, of what God is doing through the local church. And this is what Lifeway found. This is fascinating. We're gonna put this on the screen. They found in their research that 82% of those who are unchurched say they are at least somewhat likely to attend church if they are invited. It's kind of amazing to consider. The overwhelming majority of those who are unchurched say they're, they're at least likely to, to consider it and, you know, say, hey, I'll, I'll possibly go. But then Lifeway pressed in a little bit further and estimates that between 70 and 80% of those who are unchurched, who are adults in this country, have never been invited to church. This is an amazing thing to consider. And certainly this is an estimation to a research project. But 70 to 80% of unchurched adults in this country have never been invited to church. Lifeway pressed in a little bit further and they found that on average, typically is about 2% of the people who are members of a church that invite an unchurched friend to church in a given year about 2% of the members of our churches invite an unchurched person to church in a given year. Now, I'm gonna add some of my own personal research to this, just to hopefully make it a little more clear. This is again, Pastor George's personal research. 100% of people who are not invited to church will not accept an invite to church. Am I going too fast? I'll quote from the great one, Wayne Gretzky here, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And we can kind of chuckle about it because, you know, yeah, it's obvious, but if 2% of individuals in churches are inviting an unchurched friend to church, there's obviously a massive need and an amazing opportunity. Because again, the overwhelming majority of people are at least somewhat likely to accept an invitation if we will just offer it. But no one is going to accept an invitation if the invitation is not given. Christmas is such an incredible time to invite someone into this good news of great joy. Again, they're thinking about it anyway. They're singing about it anyway. They're watching movies about it anyway. They're shopping for it anyway. Why not invite them to come and see and hear this good news of great joy that has been made available to all people? Why not leverage this season to share what Christ has done in your life in a personal way. 
Why not follow the example of the shepherds, those first witnesses who told of what they had seen and heard, and God used their personal story to stir wonder in the hearts of all who heard it. What an amazing thing to consider. Maybe today you're here and wonder is being stirred in your heart. You're thinking, you know, I've, I've heard this Christmas story many times before, but, but it's never been personal to me. It's never, it's never changed my story. It's never changed my life. May, maybe, maybe the very reason you're here today is for wonder to be stirred in your heart and for you to be invited into a new story altogether. That can happen through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And maybe this Christmas for you, you, you are walking with Jesus and, and realizing that it's been, it's been a really long time since you've invited a, a friend to church or since you've shared your personal story with, with friends or family. I, I know we're all walking into the week of Christmas, which means we're walking into a week where we're gonna interact with a lot of friends and a lot of family. And some of those relationships and some of those interactions, they, they're difficult, they're awkward. Some of them are just downright hard. And many people that we're gonna interact with may not agree with our beliefs. But don't forget this. No one can argue with your personal story. And what God has called his people to do is to share their story, just like the shepherds, to share what they've seen and what they've heard. Maybe this Christmas, God is just reminding you of this incredible opportunity to be used by him to stir up wonder in the hearts of those who hear your story of what Christ has done. Who is it that you can invite? Where can you tell your story? Let's not lose sight of what this celebration and specifically this week is all about. Good news of great joy for all people. Let me pray for us as we close our time here together this morning. Heavenly Father, how grateful I am for the example that we're given in the shepherds. This group of people that at first glance were so unworthy to, to even be a part of this story become such a, a, an incredible part of this story because they respond in faith to what they've seen and they've heard. Lord, I know there are some among us today who have heard this story many times, but they've never responded in faith. It's never been personal for them. And Lord, right now you're stirring up wonder in their heart. The Holy Spirit is ministering to them and calling them to this good news. I pray, Lord God, that you'd give them the faith to simply say, Jesus, I am ready to trust and follow you. Knowing that in that simple step of faith, there is the promise that all who call on the name of the Lord are saved. We praise you for that gift. 
And Father, we remember that there are many around us who, who need to hear good news. They need to hear of great joy. And you have given us as your people an opportunity to share that good news of great joy. Lord, open our eyes to where we can tell our story of who you are and what you've done for us. Give us faith, give us courage to even extend an invite this week and, and to share of what this season is really all about. I pray your hand of blessing on everyone here as, as, they, as they travel, as they interact with family and friends. Lord, Lord, give them wisdom, give them grace and use their lives for your glory. This is, this is my prayer. Use me for your glory. We praise you for the gift of this Christmas season and the opportunity to be reminded of your great love for us. Keep our eyes on Jesus. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.